Well, good morning, everybody. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord with you today. We just want to welcome you. I want to welcome any visitors that we may have with us this morning and let you know that we're just so glad that you joined with us today. As we begin to worship this morning, we're going to sing a new song. It's called Speak the Name, and it's about the power of the name of Jesus. And I want to share a verse with you about that this morning. It's Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. And the verses prior, it talks about how Jesus humbled himself. He humbled himself, came down from heaven, and walked on this earth as a man. Amen. He was a servant to mankind, and he humbled himself and gave himself over to the cross as a gift for us to set us free. But how many of you know that God raised him from the dead on that third day? Even though Jesus humbled himself, God exalted him. Verse 9, therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus humbled himself, but God exalted him and gave him the name above every other name. And it's by that name that we're saved. It's by that name that we're delivered, that we're changed. It's by that name that demons tremble. It's his name that we get up and praise every day. It's by that name that we are, when we call on, whenever we're in trouble, whenever we need help, amen. The name of Jesus is powerful. And we're going to sing about it this morning. We're going to stir up our faith and we're going to praise the name of Jesus. Let's begin to sing this morning. The sun is rising Another day to tell of all your kindness When I think of your goodness Oh, I sing for joy and I speak the name In the evening when the night is falling Trouble's rising, I can't hear you calling but I don't have to worry, I won't be afraid, I speak the name, yeah. Speak the name, speak the name that has power. Speak the name, speak the name above all others. My Savior, Redeemer, my hope and can't see what you're doing. Here's what I do. I give you all the glory. I give you all the praise. I speak the name. Yeah. Speak the name. Speak the name that has power. Speak the name. Speak the name above all others. My Savior, 
We're so excited that you're here with us this morning. My name is Miranda. My husband Woody and I are the children's pastors here at Eagle Heights, and we just want to welcome you to church this morning. We're so excited. We cannot wait. Tomorrow morning is the first day of our Vacation Bible School VBS, and we are so excited about it. Your kiddos next door are so excited. Um, we want to let you know that right after church today, here in the sanctuary, we will have a very brief volunteer meeting. So if you signed up to help us with BBS this week at all, even if you can only come one day, we need you. We welcome you. Just stay for about a five to ten minute meeting right after church. Also, if you pre-registered any kids or you ordered a volunteer t-shirt, these are the t-shirts, we have them ready. They will be next door. So when you pick up your kiddos from Children's Church, you can pick up their t-shirts as well. After the volunteer meeting, you can pick up your t-shirt. If you forgot to order one, we do have some extras in each size if you need to purchase a shirt next door. Our pre-registration is closed so that we could order t-shirts. However, please feel free to invite your friends, family, neighbors, any kiddos around you. They can walk up and register every morning of VBS. It's Monday through Thursday. Walk-up registration begins at 8.30. Checkout is at 11.30. And I promise you, they are going to have a blast. We've been working so hard to get ready. Ushers, you can come forward this morning. Today's missions offering will be the last offering that goes towards our Vacation Bible School. I know we don't have to tell you guys that everything's a little bit more expensive this year. The snacks, the crafts. Our staff has worked so hard. The guys built a, I believe it weighs, what, Matt, 250, 300 pound plane that is hanging from the ceiling next door for your kiddos. We blew up what seemed like a million balloons this week and decorated and everything. You know, we want Vacation Bible School to be an experience that they remember their whole lives. Our prayer is that children get saved at VBS and that the word of the Lord is planted in their little hearts and that as they grow, they remember, where did I feel loved? Where did I feel peace? I felt it in church, in God's house. And so when you give, it may seem like, oh, we're taking up for this or that, but our goal is to make that experience a blessing for the kids in the community. We have kids that come every single year who we never see again until the next VBS. Bonnie and I were doing registration and we're like, there's that kiddo. There's that kiddo. So their parents may not bring them to church, but they'll bring them to this event. And we are believing that those babies get saved. And so we ask that you come forward with your best offering today. Hug somebody and welcome them to church.
Good morning, everyone. We are excited about Vacation Bible School that starts tomorrow. I am so thankful for Woody and Miranda, our children's pastors. Such a blessing to our congregation. Miranda did such an awesome job in helping with those announcements this morning. We've got just a couple of things uh, additional. Next Sunday is July the 3rd, and we want you to come back next Sunday. We want to invite you to come and celebrate with us. We're going to be singing singing some patriotic songs. You feel free to wear your red, white, and blue and come and be a part of our July 3rd service next Sunday as we celebrate the 4th of July as a church. And then also wanted to remind you that July is the seventh month of the year. And we always say that that's a month of rest for our small group leaders. They work so hard throughout the year. And we like to take the month of July and just give them a little break and give them time to spend with their families. And so we won't officially meet together in small groups for the month of July. Of course, you are always free as a group to fellowship together or meet on your own, but there won't be a formal small group lesson sent out for the month of July. And also, I just wanted just to celebrate with you today and acknowledge the historical Supreme Court decision that came down on Friday, overturning Roe versus Wade in our land. Can we give the Lord praise? for that this morning. It was a decision that honored God and his word. You may be seated and Pastor Kevin and I were talking last night. We are believing that it is a first step toward turning our nation back to God. And we want you to pray and believe with us. There's all kind of demonic forces going on in the atmosphere, rebuking and angry at righteousness that has taken place. But as a people of God, we're going to pray and we're going to continue to stand for righteousness and truth and praise the Lord for every, every, every step in the right direction. I'm excited to be sharing with you today. A few weeks ago, Pastor Kevin was sharing a message in this latest series. And in this particular message, he was talking about that there's only a few, there's only two, and there's only a few. He was trying to help us navigate through these difficult times and these end days. And he preached a message entitled, There's Only Two and there's only a few. And if you miss that message, make sure that you go back and you listen online. These messages and this series has been life-changing and you do not want to miss any of them. And as he was preaching about that there's only two, he was saying, giving examples, there's only two roads, the broad road and the narrow road, there's only two, the sheep and the goats, and gave other examples. There's only two. And as he began talking about the sheep and the characteristics of the sheep, he kind of threw me under the bus. He said, in two weeks, on June 26th, 
Pastor Lisa's going to preach a message about the sheep. I was in shock. I was trying for you not to see it on my face. We had casually discussed this at home, but nothing that had been agreed upon. And I'm sitting there thinking, did I just hear what I think I heard? And he threw a date out there with it, June 26th. Now, the reason he did that is because he knows that I'll, once I agree to it, I'll keep pushing it back and back and back and back. What am I going to do with it when he says she's going to be up there on June 26th? Can you hear, Doc? I, I told him I needed a handheld. Oh, he said y'all can hear my ears. I've never in my life preached without a handheld. And they told me that it was too distracting and that I needed to go with new technology. And I told them, I think the anointing comes through that handheld. And if there's no anointing today, I'm going to, y'all bring me that handheld as soon as y'all feel it. Oh. You know, I think I may have hindered the anointing that Sunday when Pastor Kevin announced that. I said, when I get him in that car, he's going to regret having said that. But the spirit moved that day, and I couldn't say a word when we got in the car. I just said, okay, Lord, I'm going to be obedient. But truthfully, it's not all of the hard work for the preparation and for the research and for hearing the voice of God and for praying and for all of that is so hard, but I will be honest, the reluctance comes with the warfare that's involved. If you've ever stood behind a pulpit, you'll know what I'm talking about. My mom, a few weeks ago, preached on Mother's Day and shared a message. And she said, I've shared in small group my whole life and felt the enemy coming against the word. But I've never felt what I felt when I stood in that pulpit to proclaim the truth of God's word. It's warfare in the preparation. It's warfare while you're doing it. And it's more warfare when it's over because the enemy says you forgot to say this and you wasn't clear on this and this and that and just bombarding you from every direction. But I want to say today, I told Pastor Kevin last night, I don't know how you do this every week, but I know that all of our hearts is to no matter what the warfare is, to be obedient and to say that I'm going to stand and proclaim the truth of God's word no matter what the enemy tries to throw at me and what comes against me. Let's pray today before we begin. Father, I thank you, dear Lord, for the privilege of standing behind a pulpit today and speaking your word to your people, dear God, today. God, I am nothing without you. You are the vine. We are just the branches. Father, give me clarity of mind and clarity of voice to speak your word to your people, God, today. Open our hearts, open our ears, open our minds and our eyes to your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to begin with Psalm 100, verse 3. It says, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. 
We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. All throughout the word of God, we're going to see that we are compared to sheep. We see it here in the book of Psalm. We see it in Psalm 23. One of the most familiar passages in all the word of God begins with, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And it goes on into the New Testament, comparing us to sheep. In John chapter 10, Jesus says, I'm the shepherd. You are the sheep. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me and they don't follow the voice of a stranger. And then all the way to the end, when Jesus comes back and he separates the sheep from the goat, and he has the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left, still comparing us to sheep. And when I thought about that, the sheep and the goat, in that, on the left, in that group of, she of goats there, there were many, the Bible tells us, that thought they were sheep. They said, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons in your name? Haven't we gone to church and done everything we were supposed to do? And Jesus said, I never knew you. So it's important today that we know that we are true sheep. Jesus calls himself the shepherd, and he calls us the sheep. But the word also teaches us that we have an under-shepherd, and that is the role of a five-fold minister of a pastor who has been called to shepherd the flock of God while we're here on earth. I want you to put up five, 1 Peter 5.2. It says, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseer. Acts 20, 28, put that up. Paul says, therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. It goes on to say in that passage that savage wolves will try to come in, not sparing the flock, and from among yourselves, they'll even rise up some who'll try to speak perverse or misleading things to draw away the disciples. But he said, I have a calling on a five-fold minister, and his job is to shepherd the flock and to protect that flock. When I talk about fivefold ministry, the Bible teaches us in Ephesians 4 that there are apostles and prophets and evangelists and teachers and pastors that have been called and set over us to keep us, the word says in Ephesians 4, from being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine to provide stability and leadership and guidance in our life. It's not a personality. It is a position. And I thank the Lord for every legitimate five-fold minister that has been called to speak the voice of the Lord. What the Lord speaks to them, they are called to speak to us, the people. I thank the Lord for ministers that have a calling like Josh, Pastor Josh, who preached last week on Father's Day, a powerful word 
from the Lord. Ministers that have a calling like Pastor Justin who preached the week before and we listen online just in amazement at how powerful the Lord spoke through him. They are called by God. Pastor Kevin is called to be the under shepherd of this church and they have a great responsibility as ambassadors of Christ to speak what the Lord is saying, and we have a great responsibility to hear from them what the Lord is saying. I want to pause right now and say I am thankful for our pastor, for my husband, who does what he does to protect our body and our flock. I am the give, give the Lord praise for him this morning. I am the closest person to him on earth, and I don't even know all the weight that he has to bear and all the sacrifices that he has to make to protect our flock. Sometimes I know he has to get a rod and beat away the lions and the bears that are trying to get to the flock. And I know he always has to preach the truth of God's word when it seems like there's not many people out there doing it and it truthfully seems like there's not many people that want to hear it. But he wants our flock protected protected and nurtured and that one day we're going to be with the sheep and not with the goats because of a pastor who will preach to us the true word of God. And sometimes, guys, he just has to suffer in silence and to pray and do warfare in order to protect the flock. But I want to say thank you for your strength, for your stability, and for your endurance and all that you do as I honor you. The Lord wants us to understand today the role of a shepherd, the role of an under-shepherd, and our role as the sheep. And I want to say today, before I even get to this point, that I don't have that calling on my life that Pastor Justin, Pastor Josh, Pastor Kevin has I'm just a pastor's wife. I come along beside as a helpmate. I minister to the women. I do some administrative things. And when I'm under my husband's covering, I'll speak a word that the Lord has sometimes for the church. But I don't have that position that they have. And it's a great, great position that has great responsibilities that are attached to it. As we look today, and how a true sheep should look in all of these different roles today. It's not surprising to me that sheep are mentioned over 500 times in the Bible, more than any other animal in the Bible. And you know, sheep and sheep herding and shepherding aren't really relevant to our culture and where we live. If I said, raise your hand today, if your primary occupation is sheep farming, shepherding, herding sheep, how many shepherds do we have in the house today? There's no hands because it's something we're not really familiar with. But we need to ask the Lord today to open our hearts and our minds to show us these truths that we may not be 
familiar with. And first of all, I want to start out by looking at the nature of a sheep. What do sheep naturally do? Number one, sheep by nature are gentle. They are patient, they are meek, they are mild-mannered, they are submissive and not aggressive animals. Philippians 4, 5 came to my mind instantly. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. We've all heard the saying, as gentle as a lamb. Sheep are gentle, and they have no means of self-defense. Their only means of self-defense is to run with the herd. Did you know that sheep cannot even bite? Most animals bite as a means of defense. Sheep don't bite. And the reason for that is they have no teeth in the front. They have molars in the back, and they have a few teeth on the bottom, but the front section of their mouth is nothing but gum. Sheep don't bite. They have no means of defense. And they're fearful animals. One bark of a toy poodle or one jump of a rabbit can send the whole flock running in fear. They're vulnerable animals. They have many predators, bears and lions and wolves and coyotes and eagles and mountain lions, but they have no means of protecting themselves, which makes them dependent on their shepherd. He defends them. He protects them. He calms their fears. They know their shepherd. They're in an intimate relationship with the shepherd, and they trust him to protect and to defend and to guard them. Do you know that a sheep will die without a shepherd? They must have a shepherd to lead them, or they will become easy prey to their enemies and they will not survive without a shepherd. The next thing I want you to see, I kind of grouped those characteristics together that made them dependent on a shepherd, their vulnerability, their defenselessness, their gentleness, their need for a shepherd. And the second thing I want you to look at with me is sheep by nature are flocking animals. They naturally flock together. It's their nature. You don't have to teach sheep to flock together. You don't have to coerce them. You don't have to say, no, you sheep get here and you sheep bunch together. No, it's just something that they do naturally. When sheep flock together, it serves as a means of protection for them. Their only means of protection from the enemy. They know that their safety in the flock. As believers, we should naturally want to flock together with other believers. And if that flocking instinct is not in you, then you need to do a self-check and make sure that you are a true sheep. Hebrews 10.25, if you'll put that up, it says, not 
forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. That day approaching is the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And even more than ever, it's the most important time that we need to make sure that we are getting together with the body of Christ. You know, there's some craziness online and it won't take you long to see there's a group of people out there that's saying we are the church and we don't need to get together corporately because we are the church I stand against that lie of the enemy right now and I say that's a lie from the pits of hell that sheep flock together and sheep need other sheep and I'm telling you, the sad thing is the church is aiding it in these days. We pass by all the time, churches around here and in other states and everywhere, and they'll advertise, join our online congregation. I'm telling you now, I wouldn't give you two cents for an online congregation of able-bodied people who are not willing to get up and get dressed and get to the house of God with other believers. We are aiding that. We do online services and we live stream. There is some good in it. There's shut-in people that are elderly that want to be a part of the services. There are legitimately sick people that cannot come and they want to be a part. There are people on vacation or working shift work that want to hear. But those that just choose to do that every Sunday, I'm telling you that's not God's plan for believers. If you want to stay in your pajamas and eat pancakes and watch online rather than getting yourself up and getting to the house of the Lord, there's a problem. Sheep want to flock. And you better check up on yourself if that's you. I was visiting an elderly lady, one of our senior adult members in the hospital a couple of weeks ago. And she was upset because she had to miss a few weeks of church. And her family had already told me she loves to be in church. And she was really sick. And she said the thing that upsets her most is she cannot be in church with the family of God. And she told me, she said, Pastor Lisa... The grandkids came to the hospital and they tried to get me to watch it on the phone, the service, and I watched it. And she said, I don't know what you're going to think about me saying this, but I'm telling you, watching that on that phone is not a substitute for being in the house of God with other believers. I said, I 100% agree with you. And you are a woman of wisdom. And she's here with us today, Miss Sylvia Howell. Praising the Lord, sick, still sick. I talked to her this morning, but she said, I wanted to be in church this morning. I thought, when I thought about Miss Sylvia, two of the sickest people that I have ever known in my life, and one of them was my mother-in-law, Miss Millie. She was in the house of God until two weeks before she died with pancreatic cancer. Her body frail and weak and shriveled and dried up. And she would call me on a Saturday and say, come help me pick out my clothes for tomorrow and lay them out for me. I'd say, Miss Miller, you're too sick to go to church. She said, you let me decide that. She said, as long as I'm able to go to church, 
I'm going to be in the house of God. I think about my dad who had colon cancer. And for him to sit was unbearable pain. And he came to the house of God to the very end. I remember he had brain surgery. The cancer had moved his brain. He had a mass removed from his brain on Monday. It was in December. It was the Monday before Christmas Sunday. And Thursday, I was there, and the doctors came in and said, you're doing really good, Mr. Sibley. We're thinking about discharging you. He told that doctor, sir, I've got to be out of here by the weekend. This is Christmas Sunday, and I'm going to be in church. When the doctor left out, I said, Daddy, you had brain surgery on Monday. There's no way you're going to be in church Sunday. And let me tell you, that man was here on Christmas Sunday. People who are true sheep want to get together. And there was many a times I told him, Daddy, I don't know if you need to be in church. I don't know if you need to be around other people. Your immune system is so weak. He said, Lisa, unless I have a miracle from the Lord, I'm going to die. I'd rather die in church than die home at home in this bed. I'm going to be in church around the people of God. Guys, that's what true sheep do. It's the nature of a sheep to want to flock together with other believers. And as you find yourself isolating and wandering from the flock, you will get yourself in a very dangerous situation and eventually be taken out by the enemy. That is inevitable. Goats are independent, rebellious by nature. Sheep need other sheep. You better make sure that you are in the flock and connected with other believers. And can I go on and tell you up front that the flock's not perfect? Are there ornery sheep in the flock? Yes, indeed. Are there weak sheep in the flock? Yes, indeed. Are there wounded sheep in the flock? Yes, indeed. Are there hypocrites in the flock? Yes, indeed. The Bible calls them wolves in sheep's clothing. But don't let those things keep you on the outside because when you stand before the Lord, that's not going to hold up. You stay put in the house of God. You keep your eyes on Jesus. You keep loving. You keep serving. You keep laying down your life for the bride of Christ because Jesus is coming back for his bride and you need to be connected to the body. Charles Spurgeon said it so well. If you could put that quote up from him. Some Christians try to go to heaven alone in solitude, but believers are not compared to bears or lions or other animals that wander alone. Those that belong to Christ are sheep in this respect, that they love to get together. Sheep go in flocks, and so do God's people. And I say a great big amen to that. The next thing I want you to see is that sheep are content by nature. They don't always need something new and something different. They're content with eating the same food and going through the same routine day after day. 
I read this morning in our reading, Paul was addressing the Athenians and he said, they're always trying to heal or tell about something new. Sheep are not always looking for something new. They're content. Sheep are classified as grazers and grass is their primary means of nourishment and they're satisfied with that. Goats are classified as browsers, and they will eat grass, but they're not content just to do that. They're always looking for something different, and you'll see a goat reaching up into the trees to try to eat the foliage. They've even been known goats to eat tree bark. That's where they get your, their reputation that a goat will eat anything in the yard, paper and paper cups and whatever, because their nature is to always wander about looking for something new and never being content. Sheep aren't like that. 1 Timothy 6.6 6 says this, now godliness with contentment is great gain. And young people, can I talk to you just for a minute? Guard against always desiring something new and something different in your life. I've heard young people say, I just want to go out and experience life. I want to see what it's like to live in a big city or I want to get away from mom and dad's watchful I. There's got to be more out there in life than what I'm experiencing. They are discontent. And today, if you are a sheep and struggling with discontentment, can I tell you something that a sheep needs to know about grazing? Never forget it. The grass is not always greener on the other side. It may look greener from a distance, but when you get up there and you'll find it's just an optical illusion and it's the same thing as on the other side and sometimes, can I tell you, not as green as it was. Most of the time, it's not what you thought it was going to be and it's not going to work out how you thought it was going to work out. The enemy is just trying to get you off track and it's a sad thing to know that many times there, there's consequences involved for being restless and discontent and frustrated and bored with life. When you run outside of God's will, it's not always guaranteed that you're going to get back. And if you do, many times there's scars and there's wounds that come along with it. Learn to be content during those waiting seasons of life. And I know as a young person, it seems to be a lot of waiting seasons. You may be here today and you're in a waiting season for a spouse and it's not happening on the same time frame that you thought it was gonna happen. And you're getting a little discontent and frustrated and trying to see if there's another plan that needs to be worked. And maybe today you're here and you're waiting for an educational opportunity and don't know exactly which direction to go and are just trying to make a decision but are not content and just staying put and waiting. Maybe today 
you're waiting on a job opportunity or what's my permanent career going to be and things aren't coming offers in like you thought they were and you don't know what the next step is in your career. Maybe you're waiting to have children and that's the desire of your heart but it's taking a little longer than you thought it would. We've been there with our children. Don't run in fear trying to start over and find something new and trying to work another plan that's not God's will for your life. But be content to wait until you hear the still, small voice of the Lord leading and guiding and directing you. And can I tell you, sometimes that voice comes through his delegated authority and his spiritual covering over your life. Sometimes that voice will come through parents and through pastors and through godly influences in your life. And I'm telling you this, if mom and daddy's not feeling it and pastor's not feeling it and small group leader's not feeling it, then you need to put up a big red stop sign and say, God, I'm not going to take another step and chance being outside of your will until I know that you are speaking to me. Which leads me to the next point. The sheep hear the voice of the shepherd, and they do not listen to the voice of a stranger. Let's look at John tap chapter 10, verses 2 through 5. He who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. But they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger." Sheep don't follow the voice of a stranger, and they can't be easily tricked or deceived. As I was reading some books about shepherding and sheep herding, I read an account of a man from America who said he went to a Middle Eastern country, and there were three shepherds who had guided their sheep to a huge watering hole, and they had many sheep in their fold, some of them up to 100 sheep. He said the first one got there and began to water his sheep, and then the next one came behind, and then another one came. And he said the sheep started all intermingling and getting mixed up at the watering hole, and he said, I said, oh my gosh, this is going to end in disaster, and these shepherds seem unalarmed, but look at this. <laughs> this is not going to end well. And he said, I stayed there to see what was going to happen. And he said, when the first shepherd got ready to go, he stood back and he called his sheep, and all of his sheep raised their head, and they followed him, but the rest of the sheep continued to drink. They all came out and they followed the shepherd. He said the next one did the same thing and he said I was amazed that they recognized the voice of their shepherd and they followed him. 
I was reading in another account where this lady had said that she had grown up on a sheep farm. Her parents farmed sheep, and she and her husband took up the same occupation, and he taught school and at the local college, and she stayed there with the sheep and was their shepherdess. And she said one day her sister was visiting from out of town, and it was evening. And they went out to the barn, and the sheep were in the pasture. And her sister said, let me call the sheep in for you. And so she said that her sister called them just as he, she did, and they didn't move. And she called them again, and they didn't move. And she said, finally, she said, I called the sheep. And instantly, they all came running to the barn. Now, she said the ironic thing about this is there's no one on earth whose voice is as similar to mine as my sister's. We've all been through this. We used to all have house phones and landlines, and when my aunts would call my house when we were younger, they would say, now, is this Robin or is this Lisa? I can't tell y'all apart on the phone. Y'all's voices sound so much alike. That was how her and her sister sounded. But the sheep knew the difference. It sounded similar, but they knew it wasn't the voice of their shepherd. And they only responded to the voice of the shepherd. There's many voices out there today, and some of them sound really similar to what the Lord made me say, but the true sheep say, uh-uh, that's not him, and I'm not following until he calls my name. To recognize the voice, there must be a relationship. You don't recognize the voice of someone you don't know. Sheep respect the voice of the shepherd. And I've heard people say, well, I listen to Jesus, and I do whatever he tells me to do. But they have no respect or honor for delegated authority in their life. Don't tell me you listen to Jesus, but you don't listen to parents and pastors and spiritual covering in your life because the two don't make sense. Hebrews 13, 17 tells us this. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls. That's their job. They watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that will be unprofitable to you. Not to them, to you. That's going to be unprofitable. We talked about that fivefold ministers and their job is to equip and grow the saints so that they won't be tossed about by every wind of doctrine and those under shepherds provide strength and stability and guidance for the flock. I've seen so many people in 30 years of ministry who think that they are mature Christians, but yet they'll make a life-altering decision and not even ask their pastor to pray and say, Pastor, this decision is going to be life-altering. Can you pray with me and make sure that I am correctly hearing the voice of the Lord because I don't want to be outside of God's will and I don't want to miss him at all. That's what true sheep do. As I was studying 
this particular part of this message, I got a phone call from one of our members, and she said, my husband and I want you to talk to Pastor Kevin. She said, we've had an opportunity to purchase some land this week. And this wasn't their primary residence. This was just some investment property that they were looking at. And she said, we want y'all to pray. And she said, on paper, it looks great. It looks like it's what we need to do and looks like a no-brainer. It looks like this is it. But we felt impressed in our heart to call Pastor Kevin to pray. And if there's any any reservations in his spirit. We do not want to go through with this because we don't want to add anything to our lives that may be painful and that may not bring honor to the Lord and may be outside of God's will for our life. Now, the funny thing is these people know way more about real estate investment than Pastor Kevin knows. But the one thing they did know is that doesn't matter. The spiritual covering and being able to discern God's voice in the situation means more, not, uh, means more than any real estate investment knowledge that I may have. And it did my heart good to know that there are people out there who seek spiritual covering. Many times, though, people know these spiritual principles, but they don't ask because they have no intentions of following truth. They know that they're probably headed in the wrong direction, but their mind is made up, and if there's any chance of a roadblock being put in front of them, they don't ask because they don't want to know, and they don't plan on following. They've made up their minds and there's nothing that's going to change it. This is what I think. This is what I'm going to do. This is what seems right to me. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And some translations say the way of destruction. There's nothing new about this. Jeremiah experienced it in his day when the Lord told those people in chapter 7 of Jeremiah, obey my voice. But they refused, the word said, and followed the dictates of their own heart, which caused them to go backwards instead of forward. And he said, I sent my servants, the prophets, rising up early and sending them, and still you did not obey. Put up Jeremiah 7, 28, and at the end of that chapter, he said, So you shall say to them, This is a nation that does not obey the voice of the Lord their God, nor receive correction. Truth has persisted and has been cut off from their mouths. When you seek, when you disregard following truth and go your own way, truth will eventually be cut off from your life. Sheep hear and obey the voice of the Lord. And you check back with these people who are determined to do it their own way, out from under any covering in their life. 
You check back in five years, you check back in 10 years. I've learned that everything will look like the right decision for a while, and sometimes a good long while, but eventually it'll be evident to all this was not God's will for your life. Make sure you are hearing the Lord's voice and the voice of people that he has placed over your life to speak truth into your life for your protection. And then I want to say, as sheep hear the voice, that's not enough just to hear. You have to follow that voice as well. You see, I was raised on a dairy farm. Pastor Kevin got me out of a dairy barn milking cows. It's what we did. My grandparents owned the farm. My dad owned the dairy farm after that. And I learned this week in some of my study that there's many, many ways cows are not like sheep. You see, one of my jobs on the dairy was to go get the cows up. And those cows had to be gotten up no matter what the temperature was. If it was below freezing or like it's been, I'm so thankful we don't have a dairy now in this heat. Because those poor dairy farmers would be out there in the heat. And we milked sometimes 12 hours apart, sometimes at 2 a.m. and 2 p.m., sometimes at 3 a.m. and 3 p.m. But it was hard work, and they would drop me off in the back of the field to lead the cows up to the barn. And the way you did that was you would go and find the last cow where they were laying under a tree, and you would get behind them, help me, Kenny, you know, and you would lead them up to the barn. Now, I'm not going to tell you how I called them. I had my call for them, and they would go, and I would lead them from behind. But sheep are not like that. When you try to lead a sheep from behind, they'll turn around and get behind you, I found out, because their nature is to follow the shepherd. Today, we're following the voices of strangers. We're being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. We're following the dictates of our own heart, and sheep don't do that. Remember, there's only two, and there's only a few. You're not going to see any of this modeled in the church world today because Jesus said there's not many true sheep. He said that. There's only a few. But he said this in John 10, 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Team, if you come, would come on up and get ready, I just want to say one last point as you're coming. Jesus, the good shepherd, cares about the sheep. You know, when Peter had sinned and denied that he even knew the Lord and wept bitterly and repented and was brought back and restored, Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? And what did she, and Peter said, Lord, yes, you know I love you. And what Jesus respond to him? Then feed my lambs. And he asked him again, do you love me? And Peter said, yes. And he said, tend my sheep. And he asked him a third time, Peter, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said, then feed my sheep. 
The sheep are on the heart of Jesus. And Jesus loves the sheep. He's a loving shepherd today. He tells us in the Gospels a parable of a shepherd who had a hundred sheep and one went astray and got away and away from the fold. He left the 99 and he went after that one lost sheep that had went astray. And Luke tells us that he put it up on his shoulders and he brought it home rejoicing. And he called his neighbors and he said, let's rejoice. The sheep that was lost has been found and has been restored to the fold. And he said then, there is more joy in heaven over one sinner than re that repents than 99 just persons who need not repent. The Lord tells us that all we like sheep have gone astray. But today, he's calling somebody back home, back to the fold. If you don't know him, today, ask him into your heart. Surrender your heart to him. Be baptized. Sign up on that sheet. Be a part of the flock. You stand at this time together. Some of you, God may just be saying to you, I want you to be more sensitive to my voice. I want to know you even more intimately. I want you to follow me no matter what the cost. Because in the end, when the sheep get divided from the goats, I want you on my right hand as part of the true believers who will enter into eternal life and not be a part of the goats who were deceived and will receive eternal condemnation. Today is sheep. Let us be dependent on the shepherd. Let us want to get together with other believers. Let us be content. Let us long to hear the voice of our shepherd. And let us follow him at all costs today. We're going to sing just a few verses of I have decided to follow Jesus. And today, if you just want to, if you've never known him and you want to come and say, I want to be a part of the fold, you come forward. If you want to say, I want to give my life to the Lord today, you may be a true sheep already and just say, Lord, I want to know you more. If the Lord leads, you come rededicate yourself to him and do business with God. We're available. If you need someone to talk to, let's sing. I have decided. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. That's our commitment today, Lord. We choose to follow you. We will not turn back.
sheep. Today is time to, to gather yourselves together, to herd yourself, to flock yourself. Let's get ourselves right up here and let's say, Jesus, we understand who we are. We understand who you are and we give ourselves to follow your voice in all that we do. Father, forgive me for those times when I'm a knucklehead and I don't hear like I need to hear. I repent of that. I put it under the blood. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be insensitive to your voice. I don't want to be I don't want to be rebellious. I want every bit of that out of my spirit in the name of Jesus. I want to be easy to lead. I never want to hurt you. I never want to offend you. I never want you to feel sorry, oh God, for my actions. Jesus, you are my shepherd. Come on. The world behind me. What a given the invitation. See, there's one thing he will not do. He will not impose upon your will. He will not make you do anything. The one thing that God gave us is a choice. I can't even believe it. I preached a few weeks ago, even now, after all these years of preaching, to think about God creating an amazing archangel with not a flaw in him filled with the glory of God, that he would create angels who would minister to you and I who would inherit salvation. All of heaven filled with the glory of God. 
that he would give those creatures and those beings a choice to either follow him or not. It's an amazing thing to me. And it's so important for you to understand that though God loves you, though God created you, that you were created in the image of God, you were fearfully and wonderfully made, he still gives you a choice. It amazes me. It's astounding to me that he put these two people, Adam and Eve, in a garden. Filled with promise, filled with hope, walking in the presence of God, walking in the ruach, the breath of God, wanting nothing, God being their shepherd, all of their provision, everything that would give them life, everything they should have been content with. But he said, there's a tree right there. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat, if you choose to eat that tree, eat of that tree, you're going to die. That God gave them the responsibility and put them in a place of vulnerability just to make a choice as to whether they would follow him or not. Listen to me. Don't discount. Don't discredit don't take for granted that God has a purpose, a plan for your life that is so powerful, that is so amazing that you can never understand it. But yet he gives you a choice right now. He gives you a choice. Let us choose Jesus. Let us choose the right way. Let us be a citizen of America that chooses to obey and follow God no matter what the voices are saying out there. Let's plant a seed. I'm preaching next week's message. You know, Pastor Lisa went out the way to honor me today. But I want to tell you, my wife is the key. Other than Jesus, she's my best friend in life. Amen. And I am nothing without my bride. Amen. She's smarter than me. She's better looking. I'm taller than her, but she's better looking than me. She knows, come on, the voice of the Lord. Amen. As good or better than I do. And I want to thank God and give honor to this precious bride. Amen. And this mother of Eagle Heights Church that is solid as a rock. Did you want to say something? <laughs> VBS meeting, okay. Miranda's waiting right there. Miranda, you are amazing. I need Miranda up here to preach one Sunday. Hey, God bless you. VBS meeting. We love you. Have a wonderful day. Bye.